0: All right. Well, hey, surprise, guys. You're stuck with us today. All right. If you have your Bibles, uh, let, let's open them up to Psalm 23. Uh, psalm 23, and you're like, oh, man, I've heard of that psalm before. Or my grandma's got that psalm cross-stitched somewhere in her house. Or, you know, uh, it should be, if you've been in Jesus for a while, it should be a familiar song a psalm, and, and prayerfully it is uh, for you. But, but okay, so we'll, we'll start here. I... Love this week between Christmas and New Year's Uh, every year. I love it more and more because it it offers us. uh, It offers us for for the reflection of the year that was and then also this this desire, this possibility of looking forward to the year uh, that's to come. And and by this time uh, next week. Uh, we're going to be brought to a fork in the road of our lives as to whether our New Year's resolutions were actually resolutions or just something that we said to try to impress people uh, that were around. Like, oh, yeah, this is the year, you know. Um, but but now, now, granted, some of you, if, if not most of us, um, will be waiting until January 3rd uh, to enact those resolutions because, seriously, who starts anything on the weekend, right? That's just, that's insane, uh, we always wait until a Monday, and uh, and, and now I am. I'm, I'm personally a fan. I guess this is my yearly rant from Old Man Geary. Uh, I'm a fan of what, what I call ongoing resolutions. Uh, I, I think if uh, we're seriously waiting on the calendar to walk in health, then then I seriously doubt we, we really want to make that change. Um, I apologize if that's a little too serious too soon. You know, if you, if you hoped I would warm you up into that, but let's just be honest. Uh, there are resolutions that we make that we really have no intention of keeping. Uh, that's why we wait until January 1 to do it, and then by January 4th, we're like, I gave it a, I gave it a good old college try, you know. Um, but regardless, I, I, I do love what this time kind of offers us, because this week for many will be spent... Uh, e- evaluating our steps in, in hopes of of growing, whether that be spiritually or physically or relationally or, or emotionally, we'll, we'll make plans in regards to these disciplines that, that we sense are are kind of lacking and and we'll, we'll plan to to work out more, read more or at all um, or we'll, we'll, we'll make resolutions to waste less time to to eat, Better, which is different. Um, actually, eat healthier, which is different than better. Uh, because let's be honest, not all health food is good for you, but it's better for you. Um, we'll, we'll adjust our priorities in this desire to, to grow and, and hopefully uh, just make a larger impact in the lives of, of people we come across. And so, so we'll catch ourselves saying things uh, like this. We'll say, you know, this is the year that I... And then you, you fill in the blank, right, with whatever that is, right? Or, or the new me, and then you fill in the blank about these, these changes that you're going to make. And, and I, love, I love the optimism, uh, and, and I, I really do, because I believe every person is just one choice away from making the best decision of their lives. Um, I, I really do firmly believe that. I, I believe in grace I believe in uh, forgiveness because I think you really can make a life change um, in in the flash of a moment. And but but where my heart has kind of been these past few weeks is it, not as much uh, looking forward, but but kind of has been looking at at the year uh, that that was uh, because it seems to me uh, just from from general conversations and then. Uh, just window uh, peeping on social media, you know, that, that we are a people, uh, really regardless of our many blessings, we are a people eager to be done with specific seasons of our lives. Um, frequently I, w- I will hear people say, or I'll, I'll see people write, you know, I can't wait for this year to be over with. And and now, here's the thing that that comes from a very honest place uh, in in people's hearts. But 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 do you realize that the changing of a calendar year uh, does not necessarily change the circumstance? Again, a little too soon, too too early, too soon here. Right? It doesn't it doesn't change the circumstance. Life doesn't box itself up you know, and uh, really neatly, and you put the lid on the bottle on the box, and then you put the title 2021, and then you take that box and you you put it on a shelf, and you're like, done, clean slate, fresh start, 2021, can't follow me. And the truth is, we could try to ignore some of the aspects of this year, but they will follow us into January and February. Uh, Mainly because some of those things we haven't dealt with, Right, Some of us still have 2005 lurking, right, uh, following us around. Some of us have haircuts from the 90s that really won't let us loose. right? And so, so we find ourselves in this spot of, of wishing there are certain parts of our lives we could wish away. And yet they still follow. And then we have to ask ourselves, well, why? I mean, if God really did love me, then surely He would... Make it easier this next year, because surely he saw how hard uh, this this last year has been, and or or we could have had a great year, and we're like, let's just keep this train moving, right? Uh, And and now much of life, I think, can be experienced uh, as seeing a train running on two rails, right? Uh, And now now one rail are these positive experiences that we have, and the the other rail are these negative experiences, and and it's when we lean too heavily on one or the other that our life becomes out of balance, right? And so, so the truth is there are good things and there are bad things that have happened this year, right? And both of those things were happening at the same time. Now, I get when I say that some of us say, nope, not me. Not me. You don't get it, man. You don't, you don't know what I went through. You don't know what's going on. And I'm telling you, it's, it's the, if you are found in Jesus, you always have a good rail that's going on. Okay? okay? So, so let's, just, let's just give me that ground just for a little bit here. Because, because here's what I know. I think at times the fight for faith is an acknowledgement of both rails being at play. Alright? So, so I, I could spend the morning... I really could. I I could spend the morning kind of hashing out a monologue that really ends up looking a lot like a therapy session. Uh, I I could. In many ways, this has been a a year that is just painful uh, and exhausting. Really, just the best uh, nine months, I I have felt the weight of of burden uh, and pain in ways I've, I've never felt before. Uh, and really, for us, it, it kind of started in March. Uh, my my dad got sick, and then uh, he ended up going home to be with the Lord, which I am I am thankful. Let me say, make sure I say this clearly and rightly. I am thankful for the tender mercies of God uh, that He would take my dad home. But at the same time, <clears throat> suck it up, Mark. Um, at the same time I miss him terribly just terribly and there there are moments that have transpired over the last 9 months that I'm like man what I wouldn't give just to be able to get his thoughts uh to get his advice on on certain things and now um and, and now here's here's what I know uh, that wasn't the only area there Really, there have been a couple of other areas where, where it's just been, it's been hard in the home. And, and then we've had other losses, just not like much in this room. We've had losses of people and opportunities and relational hardships. And, and I, don't, I don't discredit that. So hear me when I say this. I'm not asking you to ignore those things. I'm just asking you to acknowledge that they are one rail of two on which the train of your life runs. Okay so so in other ways this year has been just an incredible blessing uh, in fact, I love what God is doing here at Merge because we've seen God move in powerful and faithful ways. We've seen people serve one another in the love of God. We've seen people uh, who are seeking adventures of God's size. Our kids get to hear every week that that God loves them and Jesus wants to be their forever friend. We've, we've been able to see over the last year God doing something. He is in the middle of doing something incredible in the hearts of our teenagers and it's been such a thrill to get to see that from the front row Um, personally I've seen God allows me to continue to serve kids uh, in the foster care system through our father's children and then serving as a as a court appointed special advocate and and I'm so thankful for that Uh, one of my biggest blessings this year has been the time that that Misty and I have spent talking and praying and battling alongside together uh, at times, misty, misty battling me, me just, you know, doing whatever I do. Um, I have prayed this year, I have prayed deeper for my children, and I am more appreciative of the continuing support of my core group of friends than ever before. God has shown up in these moments of both pain and praise. Okay? And it's important that we would hear that. And it took me a little while to figure it out because it's hard. It's hard in the midst of that hardness, right? Uh, to, to see, to fight for those moments of what is praiseworthy in these, in these circumstances. But, but, but I found myself in 2021. I committed to, to this discipline. And, and if you've never done this, I would encourage you. I have, I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I committed to writing out my prayers each morning in a small journal. Uh, now, not a big journal, because I, I can't stop in the middle of a page, so I'll find a, a small enough journal where I can write just one page. Like, that's it. Um, but, but I started doing this, and then I noticed something over the last couple months, is, is that I, a, a line that I consistently was writing up. And it was simply thanking God for His goodness and His mercy. His goodness and mercy. God, I thank you for your goodness in your mercy. And that can be your goodness to me and your mercy to me, or it could be my my family, it could be my church, it could just be whatever it is. But I found myself frequently like like almost it wasn't like a filler because it was genuine and I was really thanking God for that. And so so I started to realize okay, why do I keep writing this? Why is why is this coming out? And I think in part the Holy Spirit was directing like, hey man, pay attention because there is praise in the middle of hardship. Right? So so I'd write goodness and mercy, and the more I explore that, the more God brought me to this very familiar psalm to, to many of us. And it's 23. And I'll give you kind of the punchline, and then, then we'll we'll come back and, and we'll unpack why why the, these two words are important. David gets to the end of this psalm and he says, Surely, goodness is and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, what David is about to tell us, this is, verse 6 is a declarative statement. It's kind of this moment of, as he considers the care of God, right? He says, His goodness and His mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life, and then I'm going to get to live with Him. There's not going to be a moment I am separated from my Heavenly Father. There's not going to be a moment where I feel alone that I am alone. There won't be. So he says, he says this, this, it comes as this realization on what God is doing in his life. And, and again, we, we, we're going to see in this psalm two tracks, two rails of both praise and pain as David takes a beat and notices the presence of God in both. In both. In fact, uh, what what I pray would become obvious to you this morning is regardless of how you have viewed this year that was or how you are viewing the year that will be, that there is space to acknowledge the nearness of God because He has promised those He loves with His goodness and He treats us with His mercy. Now, mercy is just simply that when you are guilty, Right? Mercy is saying, "I'm not going to hold that guilt upon you." So, so let's start. Psalm number uh, twenty-three, verse one. David says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." Right, and I love this because we start here, and what I really feel uh, is is that I don't think David started here. I think he's already considering. Uh, what he's going to say in verses two through five, and so this kind of ends up being like this uh, umbrella of, "Hey, everything I am going to say comes from the treatment of my heavenly Father, that He is my Shepherd, and because of that, I shall not want." And now the image of God caring for us is this um, of how God cares for us is, in, is ongoing throughout the pages of the Bible, and and frequently, frequently we get this imagery of a Shepherd. And sheep. Uh, in fact, Jesus will talk about this in John chapter ten, uh, verse eleven. He'll say, "He'll say, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep." Then a couple of verses later, he will say, "He'll say, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own knows me." He says, "If they when they hear my voice, they come." And so, so, so we start. In this psalm, with this image of a shepherd, and an acknowledgement that sheep are defenseless animals. Um, they are, they are defenseless. They they really can't live in the wild on their own because they're incapable of taking care of of even themselves. Like even if you just just let them run free, they will eat themselves to death. Kind of stuff. Uh, and so so. So what happens here is, is David says, the Lord is my shepherd, which puts him in a position of saying, I am a sheep, and he's not upset about that. right? He, he's, not, he's, he's not mad that God has made him a sheep. In fact, he sees it, he acknowledges it, he, he takes a step into declaring the care of his shepherd. He says, he says, my shepherd is so incredible, I don't want anything apart from his care and his provision. And oh, that we would be a people who would be able to declare that and walk in line with it. That the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Like, it's interesting, because this is the time of year people will ask you frequently, what do you want, right? What would you like? And to be able to say, man, I, I, and this isn't a knock-on, you know, if you got a new pair of shoes or a hoodie or whatever, Right? This is just a, the Lord is my shepherd, and in every circumstance of my life, he doesn't leave me lacking. I don't want anything else apart from him. And then he takes us. he opens this door for, for the experiences of the care of his shepherd. And it starts beautifully. He says, he, says, he makes me lie down, in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. So, so we don't make light of that here at Merge, right? That we live for the glory of God because that's where God is leading us. God says, I haven't rescued you so that you can be a big deal in and of yourself. I've rescued you so that you can make much of me. So so when David says he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, it's for the benefit of you, but also for the benefit of the rest of the world, to see the goodness and the mercy of God working in you and through you and around you. Okay, So, so he paints this picture and it's beautiful, right? And who doesn't want to live into the greener pastures and beside the still waters? Or, or he leads me on to a nice recliner and he puts in front of me all of the Netflixes, right he takes me to this place of peace where there's no conflict and there's not concern because i know he has led me here and i know he wouldn't lead me to a place that would kill me so he restores this restores my soul these are these are the good days right these are the smooth moments, and which which I, I it was why I love David includes it because what he's going to say next is a different rail. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I get to this place and I say I can't wait for this year to be over with, right? Even though. I lay, in, I lay in bed at night and I say, Oh God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Even when I walk through this valley where all I see is death and destruction and fear and hopelessness, he says, I will fear no evil. And he says, why? For you are with me. You are with me. What a great reminder. Right? That's what this is. The Bible is gifted to us to be reminders of what God has said and what God is doing. For you are with me. And hear hear me when I say this, because I don't think we always feel that. That in the hardness and in the difficulty and in the fear and the urgency, we lose sight on the fact that God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm in that moment. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I love, I love the rod and the staff because it pretty much it's the same, it's the same uh, utensil that a shepherd uses, right? One side of it is the, uh, the, the crook, right? You, thank you. You're, I was like not confident and Tracy was like crook. So we're just assuming she's right, okay? So, so the crook is when, when an animal needs to be pulled out of danger. Right? And then the other side is when you beat them. It's the discipline of the Lord. It's what it is. When God comes along and says, Poof, there you go. You're on the wrong road, bro. Don't mess around in that area. I'm telling you. It's bad news. It's when He cuts away parts of us that at the time hurts. But as we heal... We would grow stronger. So He says, "Your rod and your staff, they bring me this, this comfort. So just because there's pain in the season doesn't mean God has abandoned you. Now I've, I've, this is told you we could, we could have therapy session today. I could just tell you all my stuffs. But this is what I have found to be true in the hardest of the moments that I've experienced this year, that God has been faithfully near to me in those moments. God has brought a word at just the right time. He has brought strength. He has brought uh, the, the, the ability of the Holy Spirit to shut my mouth, to slow down, to pause, and to consider all the factors. So David, David makes this important observation. He notes the presence of God. And again, this is the other rail, right? You have this good rail and you have this painful rail. And and on and, and both, the shepherd is very near. So make no mistake, David's not saying that he's brave enough to face the valley of the shadow of death alone. He's not doing it. He says, I can't. He says, if I take on this valley of the shadow of death, I'm, I'm done. I'm done for. I can't do it in my own strength. But because you are near, I fear no evil. I can take on the day in this difficult moment because you are with me. You have always promised to go with me. And then it's it's with this in mind that David goes to verse 5. And I I love what he says here. He says, You prepare a table before me. Then he says, In the presence of my enemies. Right? Like that's that moment where he's like, You you bring honor to me in the face of the people who are trying to bring ruin to me. You invite me, and this isn't my table. This isn't the table that I make, this is His. And so He prepares this table and He says, Hey, man, come feast! Come eat at my table. Come, have, You have a seat here. You can eat. And when the scoffers want to go scoffing, I'm telling you, they can do it, but it won't affect you because you're at my table. It's, it, this is such a poor illustration, but it's, it's like in Wayne's world when they have the backstage passes. Right? Toges, you, it's poor illustration, but you get it. We're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. This is my table. This is my seat. You don't have access to this, but I do. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Then he says this. He says, You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. You anoint my head with oil. Now, now uh, the anointing of oil is, is all throughout the Bible. Okay? But, but if we're going to stay in the context of the shepherd, okay? the, the, a shepherd will anoint a sheep's head with oil. And you say, well, why would he do that? He coats it with oil because flies will fly into their ears and into their nostrils and plant eggs and it will drive the sheep crazy. Literally, it'll drive them mad. And what David says here is, is you put this oil on my head and it keeps me sane. Literally, it keeps me from going mad. And some of us have had a year, okay. and I'm not talking about me, just because God's been really good to me. But some of you have had a year that you say, I'm mad. <laughs> not, not like I'm angry, but I'm driven to the point of despair and insanity. And what God says is, I've put oil on your head. And that coating protects it why Because I care for you because I care for you I, I hate the idea I, I hate the, the, the phrase that God will not lead you to a place uh, you know he's not prepared you for uh, and I don't hate it because it's not untrue I just hate it because it's difficult right in order to get to that place you have to go through a hard spot but that's why verse six is so important that's why we, we can start wrapping this up So David says these things. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I am a sheep. I am defenseless. But he cares for me. He leads me in these moments of restoration. He brings me to these places of praise. And then, then even when I'm in a place of pain, I don't have to fear that because He is near to me. He cares for me. He prepares this table before me. He puts this oil on me and He moves. And He, he is mighty. And there is no one who can defeat Him when He has decided that He is going to be my Redeemer. No one snatches me from Him. The wolves may come and they may at times hide as sheep, but my shepherd knows his own. And David says, this is me. This is who I am. And so he gets to this end and he says, says, surely his goodness and his mercy follow me. He's not asking like, surely. He's saying, listen. He has treated me this way consistently. So therefore, His goodness and His mercy are going to be part of every day of my life. Every day. So what does that mean? On the days that it's easy to praise, His goodness and mercy are with you. And in the days that it's difficult to praise, His goodness and His mercy are. Are with you, and then David says, "What I think this is." I'm not, I'm not a big fan of, hey, pick a word for the year, you know. Um, my word for the year is synergy. You know, like that doesn't light me up. It doesn't. Like I, I, I see a lot of people who'll think, you know, it's a phrase or it's a word or, and and I don't. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that because I'm not a big fan of like vision board kind of you know, wishing like, hey, this is the year. But I do, I am drawn, I should say, to a specific word at the end of this verse. Dwell. Dwell. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord Oh, that we would be a people who know we are invited to live in the throne room of the heavens. Oh, that we would be a people who know that Jesus Christ, our mediator, opens the door where we can go before God with confidence and with boldness. Because we are his kids and he's our dad. Oh, that we would be a people who would long to dwell in his presence. That, that he wouldn't have to compete for our time. And I'm not talking about, hey, make your resolution that you go to church more on Sunday. That's not that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about in the moments of your life when you draw close to God, you say, I just I want to live here forever. I don't want to leave this space. And hear me when I say this. That's more of a condition of your heart than it is where you're actually sitting. That you would say, God, I want I want to walk with you. And our, our old youth pastor used to say it this way, that, that I want to walk with you so closely that I can smell your cologne. The fragrance of God would cover me. That's how your cup overflows. That's how it overflows. That you would have an experience with God that his fragrance fragrance would cover you. And strangely enough, that's what Paul says we are. We are the the fragrance of Christ. We smell like Jesus to the rest of the world. So I am thankful and hopeful that there are parts of this year that I, I won't have to visit again. Now, I might. I mean, the truth is, people will still pass away in my life. We'll, we'll still find relational struggles. But my prayer is that we've grown just a little bit, or a lot of bit, And that we would acknowledge the goodness and the mercy of God. I love you guys. I do. I'm so thankful for you. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that for your goodness and we thank you for your mercy that that neither one of those things uh, do do we deserve. And, And I pray that we would walk in your goodness. I pray that we would celebrate the mercies that that we've experienced in you. Father, I pray you would move this in this next year at Merge. I pray you would move in our hearts. You are so good. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Yes, stand as we close out. I prove my faith in Jesus, my anger to the ground, my hope and
0: Need to pray with someone before you uh, head out. We'll have some people set up over here on the side. Mark's over there now. Hope you
1: have a blessed and safe New Year's. You guys are dismissed. Thank you.